Thought maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big-time wrestling bout. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. It's time to Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college. Frankie, I know you're a great wrestler, but my brother, who ain't as handsome as you, is as strong as Charles Atlas. Yeah, but I've wrestled women that are bigger than him. Sure, you got fat, sloppy women. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. On this episode, we are continuing our discussion of Superman 2. That's right. It stars wrestler Pepper Martin, and we've been talking to Captain Marvelous and Killenberg over on the Off the Ropes podcast. And we're going to join that in progress right here. Craig do you have a plot summary for Superman 2? Yes, I do. And it's actually uh, incredibly um, succinct. So let me uh, just get to it real quick. Superman agrees to sacrifice his powers to marry Lois Lane, unaware that three Kryptonian criminals he inadvertently released are conquering Earth. Now, yeah. this um, I thought this was pretty cool. I don't know if this is the first time that this was done, because as you said, this was the second movie to be filmed to be filming part one and two simultaneously. Mm-hmm. But I know that in part one, you see the scene of the Phantom Zone and the three people in it, but they never really explain who they are or get into it. Yeah. So it's like a foreshadowing of part two. Yeah, yeah. It's a total setup for part two. Um, and, and and that's why they, they almost sort of, you know, almost recap that whole sequence at the start of Superman 2, minus Brando. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. They're cutting around Brando, and he's just not there, and they're talking to him. Yeah, the, well, the, the funniest thing is when they get sent to the Phantom Zone, Zod is is directly talking to to, to oh, um, Jor-El, Brando, and, and you're like, if, you're, if you've only seen Superman 2 and you didn't see the first one, you're like, who is he talking to? <laughs> yeah, he's like, Jorel, one day you will bow down before me, and one day your ass. <laughs> why he, why does he want his ass to bow down? Well it well, Brando, if if you're gonna have Brando bow down, you want his ass to bow down. I mean So if Brando bows down one day, his ass <laughs> well his ass would be up high when he bows down. <laughs> Sort of like I in Godfather when he, when he when he dies in the orange field there. He kind of goes ass up there, doesn't he? And one day, your ass! <laughs> I always thought that's what he was saying as a kid. The line is, you know, what is it? You, you'll bow down before me and one day you're heirs, right? Yes. But I always, as a kid, I was like, oh man, Superman 2's got it going on. They said ass. <laughs> they dropped an A-bomb. Uh I'll tell you, as a kid, when they got sent to the Phantom Zone, any time I got a a record album, for those of you who remember record albums, um, and it had, you know, the shiny plastic on it, I would look in it and I would pretend I was in the Phantom Zone with Zod and Ursa and Nan. You'd look at your reflections and you'd just picture you and then, like, Joan Jett or whoever was on the record (laughs) trapped in the Phantom Zone. Just floating through outer space. Oh dear! What do you think of General Saad being generally a younger guy in this new movie? 
It's I, a, I mean, I haven't seen much. I saw the newest trailer online, and I was like, whoa, Zod's in this. <laughs> wow. So I, I, I was kind of taken aback by the fact that they, they, they have Zod in it at all. But, yeah, I'm sure, you know, maybe he can pull it off. This guy's a talented actor, I hear. Yeah, yeah. We actually, he's been in, in a bunch of stuff. Uh, if you remember Bad Boys 2, he was one of the KKK guys that they sort of, um, it's been a while since I've seen Bad Boys 2, but they, they make the KKK think that he's sympathetic to the black man. And he uh-huh. also was the guy that was doing it with Eminem's mom, Kim Basinger, in 8 Mile. Kim Basinger is Eminem's mom? <laughs> uh, no wonder he's so messed up. <laughs> well, yeah, if Alec Baldwin was your stepdad, can you imagine? Yeah, you probably call him a little pig a bunch of times and set him off. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. So after they get sent to the Phantom Zone, we basically get the opening titles of the movie that then do um, a a recap of the first movie. We also get Super Baby Weenie. This is, we get to see the full frontal from Super Baby. I mean, this kid has probably, his wiener has has to have been seen by more people than any other wiener in history, right? I mean, that's got to be the number one seen wiener ever. It's got to be. Because, I mean, this movie's a huge hit. Everybody's seen this movie. That kid's wiener's been seen by more people than anybody else's. Yeah, I, 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 don't think you're going to argue. He should be probably be in Guinness. <laughs> there you go. Let's call him up. <laughs> have to write that one in. You know, I mean, I wonder if he still uh, if he still gets, you know, like he'll be at a bar and he'll be like, hey, you see Superman too? I was Superman. And they're like, you were, you're Christopher Reeve? And he's like, no, no, no. I, I was the one that showed his wiener. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, I, drinks, on, drinks on the house. I would sign up to sign autographs at conventions. <laughs> Like, come and meet Superman's baby wiener. And that's the only 8 by 10 is the shot of him in yeah, all his glory? Yeah, he's lifting up the car, and you see his weenie, and he would just draw a circle. This is me. <laughs> I've, been, I've been to conventions where it's, you know, people who've done this. is like, meet the extra who opened the door for Captain Picard or something. Oh, this is amazing, yeah, but- Captain. We, we went to a convention no. once where there was a guy claiming to be in a movie that he wasn't even in. Yeah, yeah. there was a guy, he gave us his name, his name was listed there. He said he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, and he had pictures of him in Pirates of the Caribbean costume, but he is not listed on any website anywhere as being in Pirates of the Caribbean. And we Googled his name, there are no hits anywhere, because he had an unusual name. If anything, he was an extra, but he is not a credited person in any of the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Maybe he meant that he was at the ride. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he, he was like, no, I was in the ten thirty a.m. showing at the uh, at the at the AMC six down the street. I was there. If you went to the Pirates of the Caribbean, you would have seen me. I was in the front row. I was sitting there with my popcorn. I my thing about the Superman, you know, guy with the who was the baby with the weenie. If you go to get his autograph on that eight by ten, and he starts to unzip and slide a sharpie into his pants. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm not sticking around for that autograph. 
I the opening of this scene, you get you get Clark at the Daily Planet, and and everybody's ignoring him because there's this hostage situation in Paris. I didn't like this. I didn't like the the opening scene in Paris. I didn't like it. Didn't make sense to me. Lois acts really crazy in it. I mean, a lot of a lot of this opening, I don't like. Yeah, and I think this was one of the things that they they actually added when Richard Lester took over. Right. And the, the thing well, about this. The- yeah. Uh, the thing that bothers me most about this is Clark always seems to be unaware of what is going on in the world. He tells Perry White he doesn't own a TV, but you're Superman. You'd think that at some point walking to the Daily Planet he with his super hearing, he would have heard the the, the trouble in, in Paris. Wait, forget that. Yeah. He's a porter. It's his job to know things. <laughs> But but here's the here's the most exciting thing about this sequence. There's a photo of Bill Cosby framed on Perry White's wall. I had never noticed this until I saw this movie the other day. What is the deal with that? I backed it up and then Googled it to make sure that I wasn't the only person that had seen this. And a few people have noticed there is a framed picture of Bill Cosby. And he's just, he's just looking over like, hey, what's going on, Yeah, it's not even like a picture of Bill Cosby and Perry White. It's just a, it's like Bill Cosby's headshot from 1980. Yeah, what is that all about? And he's just like, how's it going, Superman? Well, maybe they just wanted him in the film in Brandel's place, so. <laughs> I I have a theory that there was it was actually just a window, and Bill Cosby was on set looking in. They were like, okay, Mr. Cosby, just sit over here, and you can watch the filming. And he's like, hmm, and just presses his face up against the glass. Well, what's going on here? <laughs> so they they get the the Paris scene. Uh, Superman sends the bomb into space, which explodes, which frees them from the Phantom Zone. Phantom Zone not very effective. Yeah, what if like a comet or something hit it? I mean, it's actually a bonus. It's like the planet's blowing up, so you guys get to go out where you might eventually get blown up and yeah. be saved. We're gonna die. Wouldn't you all jump into the Phantom Zone just with the hope that maybe you might get blown out of it? Yeah, and also, not to get too incredibly nitpicky here, but where was the Phantom Zone in relation to Earth? Because we know that it takes a while to get from where Krypton was to Earth, yet Superman doesn't fly that deep into space before he lets go of the the elevator with the hydrogen bomb in it. Yeah, but but isn't there a uh, there's a line I think it's in the first one because it's from Brando so it's it's got to be in the first one where he he mentions that it's been thousands of years since Jor-El was alive so mm-hmm. apparently Superman's journey took a thousand years so I guess they just were you know following the wake of the spaceship you know the little the little pod I guess oh, was, they got know, caught up in was, the in the yeah like in uh, Days of Thunder when they go behind the other car yeah. to get the the, the speed. All right. I was going to go Herbie fully loaded, but it's the same concept. <laughs> so they go to they go they go back to you go back to Metropolis. You see Lois outside, and and Clark gets hit by a cab and just totally no sells it. And so does the cab driver. Pretty much, he he his whole front end is destroyed. Yes. He casually looks over at Clark and calls him a freak. He's like, "You freak! You break my cab!" And then we got Lois in there, and she's—I think she looks gorgeous in yes. the first movie. And I never noticed how gorgeous she was in the first movie until 
this year. I think previous years I was always like, ah, she's too old. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, she's nice and young. <laughs> you know, it's like I finally reached the age where she now is really – I'm like, look at her. She's all supple. But um, but in this movie, she, she starts the downward spiral uh, you know where she just starts looking, looking, looking bad, and she's got a cigarette hanging out of her mouth while she's juicing some oranges. Uh -huh. She's on a health kick. Uh, Luther's in prison with Otis, and there's that little black box discussion. What's the deal with this, Craig? I think the little black box was ultimately how Luther found the Fortress of Solitude. He, I guess, he was scanning for something, and. Uh, I don't know if he was scanning for Superman's home, you know, exactly, but that's what he found. I always thought that the little black box was the, the thing he used to escape, but watching it again for this episode, I realized that wasn't the case. Watching it for this episode? What do you mean, Craig Cohen? There is no episode. We're discussing Raw from Monday night. Hey, uh... Great Raw. Hey, yeah. Captain and Killenberg, I, I want to know what you guys think. I know Killenberg, you're, you're not totally sure if you saw this, but if you did, you got to remember the scene on the moon where the three bad guys from Krypton are out on the moon just taking care of business. You know what would be hilarious? If they were at the moon and it was just like a soundstage. <laughs> this scene yeah. as a kid terrified me. Well, they kill a lot of people here. They punt a guy just into space. <laughs> yeah, these astronauts are dead. No. Okay. They. I don't know if you guys ever played any of the wrestling video games. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Which which one are we on here? Are, are we talking about the one where Crush Hour, where they all ride in monster trucks? Or are we talking about oh, the one? What about the one where where Stephanie McMahon is kidnapped and you're Triple H and you have to rescue her? No, this is when like I think it's Royal Rumble for Super Nintendo. Okay. And so Doink the Clown, they all have different like stupid finishers. It, it's like, oh okay. Like if you when you hit Yokozuna, like hams and fish fly out of his yeah. body. This, this is, is the in your house. Yeah, this is this is. Uh, I think the Demon Dizzy is in is in this or WrestleMania, the video game. But yeah, this is this is the in your house thing where the Undertaker had a move called the Demon Dizzy. That was his big finisher. But yes, yes, if you hit like uh, Owen Hart, hearts would fly out of him. And for the Royal Rumble, Doink had a a special move where he'd bend you over, and his boot would grow really big, and he'd just kick you butt first, yeah. completely out yeah. of the arena. Yes. That's what yes. So like the finishers were made to be stupid then. Yes. Yes, and and the locations you would fight like in the heart dungeon. No. You know, you bike. You had these the crazy locations. Tom Michael's uh, set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was in your house. This was uh, uh, available for a few systems, and uh, oh, it was awesome. Well, that's what this reminds me of. When the guy gets kicked out into space, it just reminds you of Doink the Clown kicking people out of the arena for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Yes, yes, indeed. You know what I liked about this scene? Years ago, I found out that John Ratzenberger was in this scene. Yes. He's one of the NASA guys that just could care less about that, the fact that they're on the moon. He's yes. just like, ah, punch up number one. And I had found out that he was also in Star Wars. What the hell was up with, 
with Cliff from Cheers showing up in all these movies. His agent was getting him some good gigs, man. It all takes place in the same universe, that's what. <laughs> what do you think? See, that explains why he was always at Cheers, just trying to forget everything. <laughs> He's like, I've lived a hard life. <laughs> so... Luther is escaping from prison. Otis, they're like, you're too fat and you maybe cost too much money. Please stay behind so we can film this movie without you. And Miss Tessmacher goes along with them. And then we cut to Lois and Clark in Niagara Falls where they're doing this story on, on ripoff hotels. And this stupid, stupid kid is like... He's like hanging over the edge of the falls yes. and no one gives a damn. Yeah, well, Clark does. Why would they? It was the seventies. It was a. It wasn't even the seventies, was it? <laughs> well, it was filmed in the seventies. It, it was a simple yeah, time. Yeah. You know, kids yeah, hang is... over rails, play with handguns. <laughs> and it's not all PC like nowadays. I'm telling you, Superman should not have rescued this kid. Now, this is a harsh stance to take, but I'm just going to say that at some point in this kid's life, he's going to endanger the lives of others. And at, at some point, some other child, because Superman saved him, well, this other child won't be spared because Superman won't be around to save this other child from the negligence of this goofy kid and his mother that doesn't pay any attention to him. I actually think later that day he did fall off again and ultimately <laughs> died. Yeah. yeah, Superman's busy trying to you know be like, oh, Lois, I'm not, I'm not Superman. Uh, why would you think that? Ah, oh, my hands on fire. <laughs> now, before we continue, you mentioned Miss Tessmacher. That's not from TNA, people. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not, you know not Miss Boobs and stuff from TNA. <laughs> I don't know how they thought, you know, oh, you know, I guess that's the same, you know, theory as all the other wrestlers where they've just ripped off a name. But it's like, Miss Tessmacher, people know this name. I, I can't imagine that, especially, it's not like where you're, where you're like, ah, we'll take a baseball player, wrestler, wrestling fans don't watch baseball. You know, Dusty was like, nobody will know. But I mean, it's like, how many wrestling fans don't know comic books? Like, none? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, isn't that like 99% of the audience is like, well, wait, Green Lantern 87 has a character that's named Eric Bischoff. Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that the same Eric Bischoff? How do you think you can get away with a Miss Tessmacher? Because I think, actually, Bischoff, because remember, when she started, she was actually Bischoff's secretary. Yes, yes, she was. That, that was just Bischoff's fantasy of, Oh, I'm going to be the, the Lex Luthor of wrestling. Uh, you know, I think you're right. I never even thought of that. I'm pretty sure that's all it was. Uh, He's like, what's your name? So, Tess. Oh, Tess. Tess, Tess Mocker. I don't know. So, sounds like McMahon for some reason. But. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> so what happens next here, Craig? Well, um, after Superman saves the, the kid who has the world's longest fall... To the falls. Yeah, that's right. It that's takes right. him forever to, to, you know, because Superman has to find a place to change, fly in and save the day. But at this point, Lois is starting to think that, that Clark might be soups. You know, uh, earlier Captain was talking about how, uh, you know, uh, that comedian noticed the luchadors were luchadors based on their hands. Lois is actually seeing through Clark's very, very uh, intricate <laughs> disguise. Yeah, and uh, right. so, <laughs> so before, she's going to... Before... 
before mm-hmm. she does this, though, they're walking around an area, and I think they've moved this to another spot, but I've been to Niagara Falls. What they're standing by is some of the actual vehicles people used when they went over the falls. I noticed that. And it's kind of cool. If you, yeah. if you look in the background, yeah, you can see them standing right next to them, and you can see people's names on them and stuff. So before, so then she decides she's going she's gonna to do what? Jeez. I think that noise. I think Lois might just be a, a bit of an MRF. <laughs> well, yes. Do it again. Say, who, who couldn't see through that disguise? Do it again. Do it again. What? I did, I did nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. So, uh... <laughs> so she jumps in the falls uh, or the river leading to the falls with the, the theory that if he's Superman, he's going to have to reveal himself to save her. MRF, I'm she's, you. <laughs> but she's a fool because he doesn't have to reveal himself. He'll oh. just make a branch fall down and then be like, oh, Lois, I'm so nervous because I'm Clark. So now, he ultimately drags her out of the river and she's all embarrassed uh, because she almost died trying to prove that Clark was Superman. And <laughs> she's, got a, she's got a wet T-shirt on now, so she's also embarrassed because of that. Yeah, well, his favorite color is pink. That's right. So, um, like, the way... Do you like pink? What color underwear am I wearing? <laughs> pink. Do you like pink? So, uh, sure, I like it. The way Clark acts, he acts like a bumbling moron. Now, this is something that bothers me, not him acting like that. Have you guys seen the movie Kill Bill? Yes. So, at the end of Kill Bill 2, Bill gives his big speech about how Superman is the real guy and he's pretending to be human because he's because that's how he sees humans as these bumbling idiots and all that. Mm-hmm. Okay, for everybody who always quotes that, it's complete BS. <laughs> that is like not at all what Superman is doing. So I just wanted to get that out there because it, it always bothers me how people who saw that movie think they have this cool discussion thing to do now. Like, nope, that's not what he does at all. That's just something you heard in the movie. Yeah. I think it is a good time to talk about Christopher Reeve, though, and how great he was at playing Clark Kent and Superman because he played them. I will have to to respectfully disagree. It is now time to talk about Carradine in a closet. Oh, no. (laughs) All right, all right, fine. We'll talk about Christopher Reeve. Go ahead. I really think, especially uh, in in a couple scenes when he when he finally breaks down and 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 uh, reveal that he is Superman, the moment where you see him let down the Clark um, act uh, and and sort of you know go into his Superman performance, I, I think Christopher Reeve was the best guy at illustrating that in all the Superman movies that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, no, he is he's very good. Yeah, because, I mean, it's not just the fact that he puts on glasses. Yeah. whole demeanor changes. He slumps down. He's mm-hmm. always fiddling around. He seems nervous and sweaty. And, mm-hmm. you know, you never suspect. It's just like this whole uh, and George the Animal's feel and whatever he was called as a gym teacher. Yeah. The, the, and he also parts his hair on the other side. <laughs> yes. The one thing I wondered, though, is realistically, after he graduated high school let's say or after he became an adult what purpose was there for superman to have an alter ego because he's not a human uh he it doesn't seem like he needs to breathe or eat um 
or or anything like that. So what was the purpose of maintaining a secret identity? You're saying he doesn't super eat and have super poop? This is <laughs> I've I've never thought this through, but well, this is disturbing. Well, well but what I, I mean will is say, he's got to be look, he's got to work for the Daily Planet so he can get the scoop on all the bad guys and he could go out and capture them. This is how news was conveyed at one point in time. Yeah, that is, that's that is actually why, pretty much the official reason that he's working there because he wants to to just be uh, ahead of things. Right, he doesn't have spidey sense, and there's no internet in his world, so he's just like, watch this, there's bad guys yesterday, okay, I guess I'll spin the world around backwards to catch them. Yeah, and he's, so speaking of that, these movies took a lot of liberties with his superpowers. Uh-huh. That thing oh, was not one of his superpowers. Well, yeah, and that what was about, the ultimate wait. cheat, really. Yeah. And then he, yeah, they're just... They're just like, oh, we we don't have an... Uh, just back that thing up. Just, he yeah, spins the earth the other up, way. As they come up, we'll point these out, because they take a lot of liberties with his power, especially in this one. So yeah, so here, here's where things really start to get good. Zod, Ursa, and Nan arrive on Earth. Zod walks on water, which was, as a kid, was incredibly cool to see. There's a, a, a guy fishing who's drinking, looks like coffee... And he dumps it out because I guess he thinks the coffee's making him drunk. Would you uh, say that it was iced coffee? <laughs> <laughs> a snake bites Urza and she kills it with her her eye beam. And then we get some of this comedy that we get throughout the movie from Nan, who you'd think was a pro wrestler. He tries to unsuccessfully yeah, I, use his eye beam. Totally should be played by Kali in the remake. Yes. <laughs> Actually, in the comic books. Um, I believe it's All-Star Superman, which is really, really good. And in this story, it's one of the few times I've actually seen Ursa and Nan and Zod, mm -hmm. the comic books. So in this story, there's a, a, another alien kid, another Kryptonian kid who lands on Earth, and uh, Lois and, and Clark adopt him as their son. Oh, wow. Zod, Zod and the other guys come down to Earth to take him back. And Nan is actually... Like, not a comedy character in the book, which is really cool. And I just bring it up because they have this really cool scene because Clark can't take on him by himself. So he ends up teaming up with all these people. I believe he teams up with, like, uh, Supergirl takes on Ursa. He takes on Zod. And I, because I love this character, Nan ends up taking on Bizarro. Oh, awesome. I, fr I freaking love Bizarro. I, I That's my biggest dream, to have a Superman movie where Bizarro is the main villain. I got to tell you, Captain, then, I went and to... Then he puts a, and then he puts a mask on you before you die and puts you in the grave. Hey, hey, oh, it lets you pin him. Yeah, he lets me pin him. Captain, actually out here in New Jersey at the Six Flags theme park, there is a Bizarro roller coaster. Oh, really? Because here in California, we have the Lex Luthor roller coaster. Oh, wow. Okay. It used to be a Superman roller coaster. Mm -hmm. It was just like, it's two cars and it's a ramp that just goes straight up. And they shoot you off at like 100 miles per hour. Oh, wow. And you reach yeah. the very top and there's like two seconds of weightlessness or something. Mm -hmm. You just go back down at like another 100 miles per hour. And this is at Magic Mountain, which is essentially a bunch of metal detectors with some rides attached to them. Exactly. Uh, and that's also where they filmed Kiss Phantom of the Park, right? Yes. yes. But, Craig, tell us about the one in, in Six Flags Great Adventure in, in uh, Jackson, New Jersey. 
Well, oh, so, so yeah, so th- this theme park is slowly turning into the DC park. They've got Superman Ultimate Flight, which is the the roller coaster where you actually ride the ride in a flying position, which is really cool. They have Batman the Ride. They have the Dark Knight coaster. They have the Green Lantern coaster, and they have Bizarro, which used to be Medusa, uh, the the roller coaster Medusa. And they repainted it. Named after Medusa Maselli? Yes. Alondra Blaze? Yes, who jumped WWF with the title and threw it in the garbage can on Nitro. Yeah, so you're sailing over in this roller coaster, and then there's a giant title, and you dump it into a giant trash can as you hit a loop-de-loop? Yes. Yes. But you also go through a ring of flames, which is really cool. (laughs) Now, do they still have the – because I remember when I went, like, 2002 or so – they had a Batman and Robin roller coaster where one car was Robin and the other yeah, one was yeah. Batman, and they would like intertwine and stuff. That one was. Really- I think it was, wasn't it called the Chiller. Yeah, I think it was a Mister Freeze. Yeah, they got rid of that. Um, it's actually, I think, where the Dark Knight sits now. That's where it is, which was right near where they did that Batman and Robin stunt show. Yeah, that one was cool. Which they don't do anymore, but that Access Chemicals plant just sits there now, empty. <laughs> So finally, we get the Superman. Remember the Shockmaster? <laughs> yes, you know, it is basically like the Shockmaster. He does. He's going to bring Lois um, nail clippers or something. He trips on the pink bear um, rug, bearskin rug. He falls directly into the fireplace and then tries right. to no sell it. Yeah, and he try and he gets his glasses out. And meanwhile, Sid's in the background, and Rick Flair goes, "Told you." <laughs> So finally he realizes the jig is up, and he reveals himself as Superman, and he says, you know what, we can't talk here. Let's go to the Fortress of Solitude to talk. Why couldn't they talk there? Because somebody else might have super hearing? I think Soups really wanted to show off his digs. He, you know, I think he'd been waiting for the moment where he could show somebody the fortress. Ooh, I'm going to show her all the furniture I made out of all this ice. And my tinfoil bed. <laughs> yeah, she's really going to love living in an ice cave. So then we – this is where the movie gets really, really silly. Uh, Zod, Ursa, and Nan show up, and they basically have a confrontation with J.W. Pepper from the James Bond movies Live and Let Die and The Man with the Golden Gun. Right. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Same actor. They don't call him J.W. Pepper. That's who it is. He says uh, – they're blocking the road. He says to his um, his uh, sidekick, he goes, I bet you 10 bucks that they are from L.A., and I'm sure that's a joke you appreciate, Captain. <laughs> now, this, they're, they're talking to... No, this happens later, so continue. I'll, I'll bring it up. <laughs> okay. And then, so basically, uh, Zod and his gang, they dispatch the sheriff, um, and they terrorize a small town. <laughs> and then a little British kid begs for Zod to spare his dad's life. Did you get yeah, this kid? What the hell is this British kid doing in... And they're, they're, they think they're on the planet Houston. Yeah, they're really uh, in Idaho. Yeah, well, they're in, I guess, Houston, Idaho. Yes. They're not in Houston, Texas. Yes. But it's the, the kid's British for some reason, and he's like, he's not just a little British, too. He's like, my lord, please, <laughs> please, sir, I need you to spare my father. <laughs> and we'd like more cheese. I want to see the orphanage. The, the British guy that brings his kid to, to Idaho to... To work in a small town. Yes, yes. 
So then, this this movie is really almost going off the rails here. They're at the Fortress of Solitude. Soup flies off to go shopping, and he comes back with a bag of groceries. Yeah, <laughs> what? Like a super oven. <laughs> but he also, like, apparently, they shot footage of him in like you know in, in you know some desert or you know some some uh, uh tropical locations and you know to get flowers and stuff it's crazy it's like superman has to really go there they really need to fly christopher reeve and a crew out there to show him picking flowers <laughs> so they have dinner they talk about what it's like to be clark um the whole time this is going on we're seeing zod you know, just running havoc in the town. He cuts a bunch of different promos about being about being leader. He, he talks about wanting a real challenge. I mean, Zod cuts some really quality WWF style promos during this movie. Yes, he does. <laughs> so Superman finally talks to uh, the the crystal version of his mom with, Louis, with Lois eavesdropping, and he he basically the mom tells him. If you want to be with Lois or any human, you have to give up your your powers for some strange reason. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and 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 he she's like, look, if you if you get Lois, maybe she'll bow down before you, and one day <laughs> your ass. And he's like, I don't know what that means, Mom. She's like, put it in another crystal. I'll explain it. Like. You're going to marry a nice Jewish girl. <laughs> You're going to marry her, then you know what? I'm taking your powers away. So we, uh, so we learn that the process is irreversible when he does this. And basically... Yeah, he could never go back, no matter what happens. Just remember that as you're watching this film, he will never Superman again. Yes. Ever. The, the trapped rays of the red Kryptonian sun strip him of his powers, and he comes out of the pod... Um, as as Clark, after a whole scene where we see like a a wax head of Christopher Reeve melt down to the skull, That's and Superman scary. explodes, yeah, it's a scary scene. So the the crystal control panel explodes. Lois and Clark uh, go off to do whatever they're going to do, whatever fun they're going to have. Oh boy, what was their plan to get out of Antarctica? <laughs> Hey, I'm going to lose the only port of transportation, the thing that got us here, my power of flight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. How do they get back to Metropolis? Yeah. Well, th- at least there they show them driving back, however they got a car. When he goes back later, he wa- he hitchhikes there. <laughs> well, I mean, haven't you ever had a hitchhike to Antarctica? <laughs> Maybe it's harder on the East Coast. I don't know. Uh, so Zod is just running rough shot. He redresses Mount Rushmore in their image, um, and yeah, then he... well, now, now wait a minute. How does Zod have super sculpting power? <laughs> Wouldn't, I mean, look, I understand he could do things fast, but he can't do them well, right? I mean, he can't like he couldn't have just written a book very fast, you know? Yeah. Why? How come he can't when he sculpts their faces? Shouldn't it be really lousy? Why is it perfect? Well, they were in the Phantom Zone for That's thousands of years, so yeah. you can imagine that he pretty much probably read up on everything that he wanted to learn how to do while in the Phantom Zone. Now, does he have crystals in the Phantom Zone? Can he learn sculpting? He had a Kindle. Okay, all right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so we see Lois and Clark the morning after. They're asleep in his tinfoil bed. They look like a yes. like they look like a baked potato. Yeah, this is this is where the kid from Superman Returns came from. Yes. He came from this scene. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> The kid that 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 uh, Lois doesn't remember getting impregnated with, exactly, <laughs> which which adds a whole level of creepiness to that whole movie. More than it. Oh dear. <laughs> so, well, let's as an aside, let's just say he also does that tour in Superman Four, which starts to make me wonder how many times <laughs> does he say, eh, "Let me just let me just go uh, reveal myself, reveal myself as Superman." <laughs> reveal myself again and then kiss her so she doesn't remember anything. Well, it's his version of the forget-me-now. That's right. <laughs> so finally, Zod and his gang work their way to the White House. The president gives up power after a stooge had stepped in, and he says, I may be given up, but Superman won't give up as easy. And Zod asks, where is this imbecile, which is one of my, my favorite lines. Terrence Stamp in this movie is just great. His delivery is great. He plays Zod with this, you know, this arrogance that is just so great because basically Zod is what Superman would have been if the Kents didn't find him. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A giant D-bag. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we get the uh, Pepper Martin scene. Lois and Clark yes. are back in Metropolis. They go to a diner. And Rocky shows up. The the waitress there calls him Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, like Paul Orndorff. She was she was just ready. She was like, he's gonna tag team with Roddy Piper <laughs> and he's gonna lose to Mr. T and Hulk Hogan. So he starts hitting on Lois while super well while, while Clark's in the bathroom. Clark That's takes right. uh he, he still has a super bladder apparently because Clark's in the bathroom for all of four seconds before he comes out to see, you know, um, you know, Pepper hitting on Lois. He claims. Oh my God! It's got to be like you know, like one of those really super powered, you know, like uh, uh, things that you would water your lawn with, where you just press it. It's like it's got to be like that. You know, he can still because four seconds he goes in, he he empties it, and he's he's on his way. Yeah, he's zipped and washed up and everything. So uh, he tries to defend uh, Lois's honor. He uh, claims that that uh, that Rocky's in his seat. He challenges Rocky to a fight, and things don't go well at all. He gets well; he gets sucker punched. In all fairness, but man, um, Rocky, Mister Wonderful, just runs a clinic on him. And Pepper Martin is great in this. Yes. I mean, you know, never, he is incredibly memorable. Don't ever say Superman ever put anyone over. <laughs> He's okay, got the so, they so got be- the line where uh, the 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 the, uh, the 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 cooks like, hey Rocky, we got the steak for you. He goes, leave it on. This is going to be a minute steak. So okay, so before we continue, I I have a a, a story, a kind of Superman story that reminds me of this somewhat. Okay. For Halloween. A couple of years ago, I dressed up as Superman, <laughs> and my friend, she dressed up like Wonder Woman. Okay, because I was going to say, I thought you'd be like, and then I realized it was Halloween, but go on. <laughs> no, so I dress up like Superman, I'm wearing the, the muscle suit with the cape and everything. She's dressed like Wonder Woman, we go eat, so we sit down at, you know, whatever place we're eating, so I'm like, alright, I'm like, you know what, I gotta go use the restroom. So I leave. I come back, there's a guy there sitting, <laughs> reading the newspaper, and he just starts, I just see him laughing, so I figured, oh, he's laughing at the costume. I sit down, my friend is 
cracking up as well. And what happened is, turns out when I went to the restroom, this guy went up to her and he asked her, hey, Wonder Woman, where's your Superman? <laughs> and, you know, she didn't even think twice about it. She just said, oh, he's in the restroom. Yeah, exactly. So he thought, so he thought like, oh, she's just blowing me off. So then when he actually saw Superman come out of the restroom, <laughs> he started cracking up. That's great. Uh, I just had to tell that story. He should have asked where her invisible plane was, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> I can just love that. I think some comedian said this when I was a kid, but ever since then, I've always just pictured her on the runway just being like, man, I thought it was over here. She's just reaching out, just slapping at the air, being like, I don't know where I put it. It was, it was <laughs> over here someplace, maybe back here. Just can't find her invisible plane. <laughs> But, like, when she's flying in it, you can see her. So people are like, whoa, Wonder Woman's above us, just sitting down. Yeah, she's just squatting at us. Yeah, it really serves no purpose except for the fact that it's concealed when it's parked. Yeah, well, and to be fair, they they retconned it in the comics where the plane is not actually hers. It was some villain. She fought some villain that had it, and she beat her up. So she just decided to take it because she thought it was cool. Okay. It was like a lasso versus invisible jet match. No, yeah. the villains trapped. It was an like, invisible jet on a pole match. <laughs> there you go. And you wouldn't have to spend much in the prop department. <laughs> you know what they do when, what they do when Undertaker comes out and they have all this fog and then he kind of like comes out just rolling to the stage? Yes, yes, indeed. We know what happens when The Undertaker comes out. Well, because you know how sometimes he walks through the ring, but when it's yes. a special pay-per-view, sometimes he kind of just rolls through the ring. He's like on a Wait, are there are there occasions where it's not a special pay-per-view? <laughs> Have I been missing all these Undertaker appearances? Well, okay, not maybe lately, but I mean... You're like, you know when The Undertaker does the house show at your town? Hey, remember, we've been seeing The Undertaker for years, so to me, seeing The Undertaker on a regular basis is nothing unusual. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now it might be, but not from before. So they could do that. They could have somebody win the invisible plane, sit down on the floor, have a bunch of fog or smoke come out that's saying, let's just say, it's like, oh, it's the engines from the plane. And then they kind of <laughs> pull the person off onto the, onto the ramp. Yes, indeed. <laughs> We're getting close to the big big climax here, right, Craig? Yeah. So after Clark gets beat up, they uh, they turn on the news in that diner to sort of cheer everybody up after they witnessed this brutal <laughs> beating. Um, yes. And they turn on the news just in time for the president to address the world, and he basically says, I'm giving up my power, and all our world leaders are giving up power, and we are all going to be ruled by General Zod. And... Um, <laughs> Zod calls I out. I like how the, mm -hmm. the the cook is just like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like it's uh, it's yeah. not even that big of a deal. It's just like you know, it's like a, it's like ah, oh, it's a shame. Oh well, what's on Channel Four? Is yeah, there yeah. an all in the family? Yeah, and Clark even asks him. He goes, "How long has this been going on?" He goes, "What have you been living in a cave or something?" Um, yeah, like this is like doom and gloom kind of stuff. Yeah. This is like uh, you're going to declare martial law here because I think there'd probably be um, some looting and some rioting going on. I mean, I uh, who knows? <laughs> so Zod calls There's out no soups. soups. 
he's really he's really they're really doing a build for this for this match that's going to happen. Clark decides that that regardless of whether he can get his powers back, he has to go to the fortress and try. So he walks back to the fortress of solitude, <laughs> calls out for Brando for some reason, who we we haven't seen all movie. I don't know why he thought he'd show up now. Oh, my son, what, what, what do you want? I, you got some money to put me in this film? That was actually Ringo. I uh, was hearkening back to Richard Lester directing A Hard Day's Night. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. So he discovers a glowing crystal in the in the uh, in the snow, though, or or in the floor of the fortress, and then we cut to. Hey, <laughs> he's like, "Where'd you come How from?" How convenient! There had yeah. been a rave the like, night look. before, and they left their glow sticks behind. He's like, "Look at this plot device I just found." <laughs> Um, so Zod is just incredibly bored with being world leader. Um, he's at the White House. Luther shows up and promises that to deliver soups if he can have Australia. He wants to be the king of Australia. I I, I got to say, I really like Gene Hackman in this in this section of the film. I think he's great, and I think he's really necessary because I think Zod has such a different personality mm -hmm. that Gene Hackman's energy is so great and, and brings something totally different to the film at this point. Oh, yeah, totally. And it also shows sort of Luther's confidence in his ability as a, 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 you know, a criminal mastermind because here he knows that Zod could pretty much destroy him with one hand but he knows right. that he has things that he can bring to the table yes so basically he brings Zod and, and Ursa and Nan to the Daily Planet Lucer explains oh my goodness yes indeed <laughs> yes. this is where they destroy the office yes and it reminded me totally of a couple of weeks ago on Raw when Brock destroyed Triple H's office. <laughs> I I wanted a voiceover from Paul Heyman going, Oh, Zob, don't do that. Oh, you did that. Oh, dear. Oh, oh, what is that, Zod? You don't want to use that. Oh, you did use that. Wow. <laughs> and miraculously, the, copy, uh, the, the, the picture of Cosby stays intact. You can't <laughs> so this uh, is where we get the big showdown, though. Outside, Soup shows up, and he invites Zod out to fight. And they have a huge battle around Metropolis. They involve the Empire State Building. Uh, there's um, a, a, a big um, cigarette truck that Superman goes through. Oh, yeah. uh, Zod goes through the sign in Times Square after Superman does that... Uh, that thing where he grabs an arm and a leg and spins around until he lets him go flying, and this That's is right. There's a there's a Kentucky Fried Chicken plug where the woman <laughs> pops out and she's like, "I got Kentucky Fried Chicken. Does anybody like Kentucky Fried Chicken?" And then we also get the guy flying backwards on roller skates and the man that's on that's taking his phone call. He won't hang up from. Yeah. So basically, Zod realizes that Superman's weakness is that he cares about the humans and the citizens of Metropolis. So they decide they're going to start. Um, they're going to start going after them. Superman has no choice but to flee, and this is when everybody starts to think he's a coward, and uh, Zod says, I've won, and and roll credits. Well, <laughs> yeah, and it becomes the Zod movies. Zod Part 2 is awesome. This is the scene I wanted to bring up, because 
you were mentioning all that comedy stuff. Yes. So apparently that was one of another one of the problems Donner had with this film because mm-hmm. all that comedy stuff was added by the second director to change the mood of this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Lester Dark. was all about the comedy. Although, if you watch the Richard Donner cut, there's one gag in that that is not in the other cut, and that's Miss Tessmacher using the bathroom in the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> Donner apparently was like, "But that's funny yeah. when when." When Miss Tessmacher's got to use the toilet, that's hysterical. But a man flying backwards on roller skates, that's corny. <laughs> uh, he, he probably just, he's like, are, are you sure this is crucial to the film? Uh, yes, yes, go to the restroom. Uh, don't mind the cameras. <laughs> what does Mr. Mutant Larry always calls her Mrs. Knock Knockers? <laughs> I'm sure he's referring to the TNA uh, Miss Boobs and stuff. That's what we call her to differentiate her. <laughs> of course, of course, indeed. So we get that we go. They go to the Fortress of Solitude, where we get. There's this a shot in this that I noticed when I was watching this, where you see a really sweaty Christopher Reeve, oh, and the sweat is it. it it's when he's picking up Zod over his head. This is during the big fight here. Pit stains and the, the S has become sweaty. Sweat is, is dripping out from under the S. Super sweat that no deodorant can defeat. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Captain, in the comic books, is there any point where Superman used a big oversized cellophane S to... No, uh... no and that has bothered me for years. What the heck was the deal with that? It's like I said, I, I, liberties with his powers. Like, hey, I he's totally backwards. The cellophane X. He's gonna have a, a amnesia kiss. <laughs> yes. Well, every time I see the cellophane X S, I expect Zod to be like, "What? What was that all about, <laughs> Superman? Like, didn't that?" kill you and he's like no and he's like that killed all the deer in my backyard when i threw it on them and he's like but those are deer this is i'm a human being i'll just push it over top of my head and he's like oh well let me check some of my other powers i just made up Uh, but if i took my shoe off and it turns into a car (laughs) oh that's how you got that's how he got back to the Fortress of Solitude so quick. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, if he can if he can pull the S off of his chest and turn it into a giant floating cellophane S, he can do anything. <laughs> I don't know. You know what? It was probably like somebody brought him a tech demo of some new special effect. They're like, yeah, that looks good. Just throw it on there. <laughs> oh, wait till you see what we could do with computers these days. <laughs> so, so... After after the big fight, which, spoiler, Superman wins, mm-hmm. they go back to Metropolis. Lois is like, I'm not going to reveal your, super, your, your secret identity as Superman, but he does this magic kiss to kiss it away. Mm-hmm. I think he should just use this all the time. Yeah. I think he should just constantly be kissing everybody just to wipe their memory. I think, like, if he's in a room and Perry White's like, you know, Superman... You know, you look a lot like a guy I have working for me. He's like, really? <laughs> and Perry White's like, well, what happened? What, what? I can't remember anything but playing piano in a recital when I was in eighth grade. No. And he's like, whoa, I, I kissed you a little too hard. Hold on. <laughs> and he's like, ah, I remember everything up until when you walked into my office, Superman. He's like, 
good, I'll be leaving now, and Clark will be in in a moment. They oh, should have used it even more in this movie, like the scene where the, the cab driver hits him. He should have kissed the cab driver. Yes! He should have just walked over. Cab driver's like, what are you doing? He's like, Mwah. And the cab driver's like, whoa! See, the best so, the best part is I that, think I want a job as a cab driver. Whoa, I've got a cab. See, I the just best part is that the, the best part is that the kids wouldn't work. He would just kiss Perry White and Perry White would be uh, <laughs> I'm going to try to forget about that. <laughs> He's like, "Hold on, I'll kiss you again." He's like, "No, that's fine." No, He's no, like, "Trust no. me, you'll forget about it if I kiss you." <laughs> but he's like, no, it didn't work. He's like, wait, let me try some tongue. He's like, no, just really, I'll forget about it. I will forget about it. He's like, no, trust me, it'll work. Eventually you'll forget. Oh. <laughs> so, but he does the kiss and it works. Yes. And Lois doesn't realize, doesn't remember that he's Superman and she sends him out to get a burger and some orange juice. So does that mean she just is missing the days when... Three aliens from another world tried to take over Earth. Yeah, yeah. She uh, There's actually um, one of her oh. colleagues, she says to her after Clark leaves, so what's going on in the world? Um, so, yeah, it really gives you the idea that Lois, you don't know how much memory she's lost. Uh, Clark might have eliminated half of her life for all we know. Yes, and, and I'm telling you, he does this to her all the time. He's a date rapist. <laughs> Were you guys fans of Third Rock from the Sun? I, I've seen it. Yeah, it, it yeah. was a it was a it was a fun show. So the last episode ends with uh with uh what's her name Jane uh, Jane Curtin. Jane Curtin. She she wants to go back to the planet with the aliens, which is uh, John Lithgow and the other people. Mm-hmm. So they they pretty much tell her yes, you could come along. But before this happens, he gives her pretty much a Vulcan pitch, and she like passes out. And he explains that that pinch is going to erase her memory. And right. it's going to erase all the memories of him. And That show was on the air for like eight seasons. Exactly. So does that <laughs> mean she's going to wake up and he didn't pinch anybody else. So all her friends that have seen her with this man for the last eight years <laughs> right. have pictures and, mem- and all this stuff just wondering what happened to this. Oh, wow. Like, I don't remember any of that. I don't remember the last eight years of my life. Yeah, that she's going to wind up in some asylum somewhere. <laughs> I like Superman taking the American flag to the White House. That is the scene I think of when I think of these films, all four of these Christopher Reeve films. Mm-hmm. And if you throw in Superman Returns, that is the iconic imagery mm-hmm. that I have for this series of films. Yeah, him apologizing to the president for not being there is just a really, really great moment. It, it really does show you know how... What an American Superman really is. That's right. He's like, I'm here on this planet, but I'm all about you guys, except for I wanted some Lois Lane. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. what, what could I do? Won't happen again. <laughs> if it happens again, I'll kiss her, and, she, and then I'll kiss you, and you'll forget all about it. The president's like, well, I guess that's all right. Uh, so, uh, all I could think of when I see that is actually the line from Watchmen. I don't know if you guys have ever read that book or seen the movie. Yep. But the, there's a line that where uh, Dr. Manhattan, his partner or whoever, is talking on the news, and he said, God does exist, and he's American. <laughs> yes. That's what I could think of in that scene. Yeah. 
I I went ahead and looked up some cards from the the weekend that this movie was released, and the WWF was in Worcester, Massachusetts, at the Holy Cross Stadium, where Kurt Hennig defeated Johnny Rods in the opener. Nice, Hall, Hall of Famer card. Johnny Rods. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Dominic Danucci on the card, defeating Frank Savage. Dominic Danucci, of course, trained Mick Foley, and according to uh, Mick Foley, in his speech at the Hall of Fame, he said that Dominic Danucci told him he had a big ball. (laughs) (laughs) S.D. Jones was on the card against Baron, Mikkel, Siorsha, and also... You got some Tony Guerrilla, Rick Martel, Rick McGraw, the guy who died after fighting Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. defeating the tag team champions, the Mongols, and Captain Lou Albano wow. in a two out of three falls match. The uh, the Don Morocco was on the card wrestling the Intercontinental Champion Pedro Morales, and Don Morocco won by disqualification. And the next night, they went to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And on that card, Don Morocco pinned Pedro Morales and won the title in 15 minutes after hitting Pedro with a foreign object that the referee did not see. Wow. So Don Morocco's like, hey, I'm not going to win the title in Worcester. I got to win it in yeah. Philadelphia at the Spectrum. I. That's <laughs> right. I've got to be at the Spectrum for this. And guess what? Kurt Hennig fought Johnny Rods to a draw at the Spectrum the next night because they were both exhausted. <laughs> um, also on this on the card at the Spectrum, you had Sergeant Slaughter beating Rick McGraw in five minutes after hitting him with a clothesline. And you've got uh, Bob Backlund, world champion this time, fighting against George Steele. Okay. And uh, George Steele, you know, lost to Bob Backlund but had a, had a hell of a match. And finally, Rick Martell defeated Captain Lou Albano, <laughs> which just blows my mind because it's hard to imagine. I know Captain Lou was at one time a legitimate tag team champion with Tony. Uh, it was Tony Altimore who was on this card, actually, fought Larry Sharp. But it's so hard to imagine the Captain Lou we knew later as being a professional wrestler. <laughs> Totally. This is a guy yeah. who stood outside the ring. Because that, that's the same thing that happens to me with, um, like, Mr. Fuji. I never saw him wrestle. Mm-hmm. He's always a manager or Freddie Blassie. Yes, indeed. But so hard, hard to imagine these guys in the ring. And then Ryback beat up John Cena, and <laughs> Monday Night Raw ended, and I think Curtis, Curtis Axel got a uh, got a disqualification win over mm-hmm. John Cena, right? It was yeah. a count for count out, finish, count out. That's his finishing move, the count out. Yeah. <laughs> it's fin- so uh, so this is the important question here, Captain. Do you tap out to Monday Night Raw <laughs> for Superman too? To Monday Night Raw, I tap out every week. <laughs> Do you tap out to Superman 2? Um, I actually like this movie. It's like we mentioned, it's my favorite one of the films so far. So we have to wait to see how the new one turns out. Because, it, I mean, it has its its share of comedy. So it's a little mix. It has its comedy. It has its story going. But, um, no, I, I don't tap out to this one. It's, it's my favorite one. Superman gets to throw a punch at somebody. Imagine that. Yes, indeed. Killenberg, what, what do you think? Do you think you've seen this? I think you'll never... Actually, I don't think I have, but it sounds pretty interesting. 
So, so you would say that if you had to go tap out or don't tap out, you'd go don't tap out. Yeah, actually, surprisingly, Fair I enough. like older movies too. Yeah, I, I, I really like older this. Movies. Craig Cohen, mm-hmm. what do you say? Do you tap out? What do you think? I gotta Superman say two? that Superman Two was one of those movies when I was a kid that really, really spoke to me. Um, I would lump this in with like Empire Strikes Back and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, all right around that time period where I was the right age for those movies. And Superman 2 is a movie I remember thinking about a lot after I saw it, before I saw it. Um, and this was one of those movies that every time it's been on, I've, I've watched it. I love the concept of having three supervillains that are as strong as Superman, but also, also having Lex Luthor in there. Um, there's just mm-hmm. so many great moments in this movie. Um and I do not tap. I got to say, I, growing up, thought of this franchise as being bigger and more epic than Star Wars. And this wasn't an opinion. I just felt from my surroundings that this was a bigger film. That, you know, older people, grown-ups, saw this one as well as the kids. And Star Wars, the kids were the only ones that knew about. You know, that this was the film that everybody knew and growing up i really like these first two films i especially like the first one i I really think marlon brando is such an asset to this series and the fact that he's not in this really to me hurts this film Mm -hmm. but i think this film is running on all cylinders and is such a solid film there's no way i could tap out to it it is an absolute home run and pepper martin as a wrestler, is great that he has such an iconic role in this film, and it's a role that you want a wrestler for. You know, you got Superman fighting him, and in the Richard Donner cut, you know, coming back and fighting a guy who's now oblivious because you spun the world back around. You know, and he's like, "What do, what do you want, Superman?" Yeah. And and everybody's like, "Well, I guess he was probably a jerk anyway. Yeah, he deserved so it. We might as well get him beat up, but." I really like him, and I think he, he, he's great in his role in this, and I think it's a, a great film, and it's neat to know its connection to professional wrestling. So, no, I don't tap out to Superman 2. And that's a wrap, Craig. What a, what a journey we went on uh, through Superman 2. There you go. So that was a whole lot of fun. Thanks for chatting with me, Craig. Oh, thank you as always. And thanks to Captain Marvelous, thanks to Killenberg, and thanks to you for listening. And we will see you next time right here on Camel Clutch Cinema. So you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crap. Don't you see? Your skills plus my skills in the ring. Tag team. Howard Patrols is John Triton. What are you doing up there? Staying away from you. No more rhymes now, I mean it! Anybody want to pin it? What's that smell? Down goes Jimmy King! Oh my god, a four-post massacre! No one can survive this! This isn't even a pay-per-view!